0: everyone, and you're very welcome to episode two of season two of In The Lamplight. We're still buzzing from last week's chat and performance from Those Nervous Animals. They were celebrating the launch of their debut album after 40 years, and I got the impression it was a pretty big deal for the band. In fact, I know it was. Here's a quote from their Twitter. This was a big deal for us. we had played together virtually, Zoomed and had various small meetups when regulations allowed. Unpacking instruments felt like an ancient ritual a bit stiffened by time. But it all changed when we started to play. The years melted away. The zing, the energy of those nervous animals was unleashed. End quote. And it certainly was unleashed. I mean, lads, uh, you guys were busy filming and playing along with those nervous animals, I guess, in their performance. But I got to sit and watch them live. And it was an experience. I couldn't... I can certainly f- remember feeling that energy they spoke about. So Luke and Rory, you're welcome. We didn't get to speak about last week's episode at the end of the show. So, I mean, how was that performance for you guys?
1: Yeah, it was good. It, like, they were the first people we had in over the, the few days that we did our, our filming and recording. And to hear live music again you know, to, to witness it. I mean, I know you said there we were busy. Like Luke was obviously doing the sound record and I was filming um, and you were sitting back and watching. But even when you're busy, you can't help but be struck by the fact that there's a band playing. It's, a, it's like, it was, it's something that I, I love. I always love going seeing live music. It's, a, it's something I, I miss terribly in the current situation. And then it caught me kind of off guard because we knew we were coming in. And we knew there'd be bands and we knew there'd be music. But my headspace was totally focused on making sure I had all the stuff I needed for the camera, all the stuff I needed for, you know, whatever, for, for all the various different bits of film. And, but then to hear, like, I had neglected the fact that there was going to be live music. And then to hear it, I was kind of sideswiped by it, I think. And it was, uh, yeah, it was unreal. It was class.
2: Sideswiped. Great word. Yeah. Sideswiped. Sideswiped. <laughs> I think it was yeah just to have a band in the room but also to have a band on the podcast because you know we did our first season in my studio which is 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 fine but it's a significantly smaller space than the Hawkswell stage obviously and and to social distance in the studio kind of further limits how you can use that space again so there wasn't the hope of us getting the band in and then for our kind of gap season our, our 1.5 it was all done remotely and stuff. So it was our first opportunity to actually have a band on the podcast. And it gives it a different energy, I think, because it's not somebody arriving in who's going to sit down and, and play with you and, and kind of, you know, myself and Kieran play with them or just Kieran and, and, and a sound is created that way. It's a self-contained sound that comes in. It's a band that comes in and they have a sound and they play together and they come in and they do it. And it's, it's just totally, I think it gives the podcast a totally different vibe that way.
1: And like listeners might, well, people who listened last week will have realized the format change of now doing what certain guests or certain bands or whatever doing that little gig at the end. So, you know, not, not interrupting the chat with music and then leaving the gig till the end. So that was rather, like rather the usual way we do things is to do a bit of uh, chatting and a bit of recording music and a bit of chatting and a bit of recording music. But it was great to just sit there and listen to music for what would have been, I don't know, how long were we were with them. They were rehearsing and then they played their sets. So, yeah. you know, a couple of hours of, of listening to music. It was great.
0: Yeah. yeah. There was sure. two other things, I suppose. Uh, one was that I, I heard from a few people, lads, that they missed you on the chat. So, you know, where were Luke <laughs> and Rory on the chat with on the chat with those nervous animals? Well, I guess when we were trying to, number one, come up with enough microphones and number two make sure everyone was social distance properly it wasn't possible to include Luke and Rory in the chat so um but you were missed lads I just thought I'd like to let you know that (laughs) Um, but the other thing was for the like okay we're all saying it was great to have a band in but this particular band hadn't played together in so long and so I think there was that little bit of extra energy from that you know which we were all we were all certainly hit by so folks if you haven't heard last week's episode do go back and check it out. Um, you'll find it on lamplightpod.com forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but on to this week. What a week of weather it's been here in Sligo. I went pier jumping yesterday, lads.
2: Did you? you mad scone. You're I did. Cool.
0: I did. I was at in Ross's Point with my daughter, um, and it seemed like the real place to be for the sort of 10 to 14 age group, you know, it was was, a real
1: happening spot. It was rocking out there, you know, it was full of wetsuits
0: and dry robes and and people having fun. Rory, I'd say uh, I'd say you've been peer jumping a few times. I have.
1: I have. lads. Actually, it's funny. We're talking about making a little, a little tiny little documentary. It'd be maybe five minutes. Hmm. And it's based on jumping off the high jump at Rockley. And I don't know if anyone's, mm. for, for our listeners outside Sligo or even people in Sligo that don't know Rockley, Rockley's a blowhole in which you effectively jump into the abyss. So mm. you kind of, you, it, it, it's safe and it's deep enough and whatever, but get past that point where you can jump into darkness. And then, uh, as well, your exit is to sw- you have to dunk your head underneath the water to swim out under under an archway. Now, I've done the lower jump; it's probably about twenty meters, but the high jump's probably about thirty-five meters. It's a really, really high jump when you're standing on it. Wow. And we're talking about. I'm going to psych myself up someday. I'm going to really. I'm going to. I'm going to really commit. But the lads have have told me that they're going to make a little docu series on it because apparently when I'm trying to psych myself up I'm hilarious because it's not (laughs) it's not at all like a manly psych up like come on you can do it I'm going to psych myself up
2: (laughs) and I'm going to go down there someday with my camera and I'm going to psych myself up and then I'm going to film someone else jumping off (laughs) the 35 metres a a
0: stump double
1: (laughs) I should find a stump (laughs) double but yes (laughs) I have Karen, and I have
0: plans for more more Luke how about yourself are you a big peer jumping man (laughs) hey
3: (laughs)
2: no (laughs) well well let me you would be very hard pushed to get me uh, into the sea at any time of the year even on the hottest of days I'm just not really a sea Uh, uh, person I think the last time I was in the sea actually must be at least five years ago and it was in September on a cold rainy day and I was doing uh, like uh, an on location little play that was about the Armada and Francisco de Queller and stuff. Oh, I remember and, that. And uh I was I was playing Francisco de Queller in this thing and the first part of the play was, you know, the the audience would be down on the beach and uh, there I am, shipwrecked. And, you know, <laughs> In, into the sea, hot day, leisurely swim. No, fact that. Into the sea, roll around, get soaking wet for uh, a little bit of artistic uh, performance. Absolutely. In we go. So the art will get arts will get me into the sea. Uh, nice weather will not. Uh, I love it. It might change, Luke. You and never know. Hang, around, hang around
0: with Rory long enough and you might uh, <laughs> that might change for you. But the thing, Luke, if you don't know, um, the thing about peer jumping is there's no gentle introduction to the water. There's no wading in and getting your toes and legs used to it first, it's straight in. And you sink or you swim, which is a little bit like this week's guest when she came to Sligo first.
4: Oh, what a segue! Ten... good
0: job. <laughs> 10 years ago this week to be exact, Marie O'Byrne took over as director of the Hawkswell Theatre, a native of Ennis. She didn't know much about this town or the theatre. She didn't even have a place to live when she moved here first. But she knew she was ready for the job of theatre director somewhere. And thankfully for everyone in Sligo, it was the Hawkswell who hired her. She has made a huge impact in her time here, but is a lady of many talents and there was loads we wanted to ask her. And Luke and Rory are on the chat this week. You'll all be very glad to hear. So here is this week's guest director of the Hawkswell Theatre, Marie O'Byrne. Marie (laughs) O'Byrne. You look petrified. I
4: am petrified.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you are very welcome and we're going to take it easy on you. Don't worry. Um, But as is tradition on the show, we're going to start with a wee poem that we've written for you. And uh, we thought we might get a bit of rhythmic accompaniment for today's poem. So, hence, <laughs> Luke has a guitar there. He doesn't play the bower on. Actually, would you believe Marie? It's one of not the yet. instruments. One of the instruments he doesn't play. Not yet, yes, on the long <laughs> finger. You can um, have one with
4: loads in our house. <laughs> You're try, you try to get rid of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me see. Da, 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 da. Maybe around that tempo, Luke. You can get some nice beat going on the guitar there. Lovely. Okay. Ooh. Our guest is from Ennis, not far from the sea. But after obtaining a music degree, she got some experience, found her esprit, and came here to Sligo's HWT. (laughs) (laughs) But such was her impact, such was the glee that she brought to the scene here, we got panicky. That someone would offer an excessive fee to lure her elsewhere and from Sligo she'd flee. (laughs) but then her fella got down on one knee. Time moved on and now they are three. So settled in Sligo, it's splendid to see and she's loved and esteemed as the Hawkswell Queen Bee. (laughs) Last verse, Marie, we're nearly there. (laughs) She's now 10 years here and I think you'll agree that again, this fine theater is the place to be. So today we sit down for a nice cup of tea and a chat and a tune. You're welcome, Marie. Yes. (laughs) Very Very good.
2: Thank you, Luke, for the, the wonderful compliments. I have to say that's probably one of the most musically difficult things that I've, I've done in a, in a good long time. That was very challenging. Well, and it's the morning.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah. the morning. So <laughs> I know you don't like mornings, Luke. So. No. So
2: well done. Marie, seriously,
0: 10 years. Did yes. you think when you arrived here that you'd be here 10 years? Oh,
4: no, 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 no. I had a plan. Uh, my plan was three years right. and, and done. And back, probably back home to Ennis, actually. But okay. um but oh, I don't know. Sligo lured me like, like I hadn't expected it to. Um, and I suppose, you know, my heart, my heart is probably in Ennis because my family are there. But um, the job came up a couple of times in Ennis, and I didn't go for it because it just felt like I still had work to do here. So okay. still okay. here, ten years later, right. unbelievable.
0: Right? Yeah,
3: it is. And now I'm making a-
4: more ties with having our our first child in Sligo, so it's like I feel even more tied to it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might come back to, to, to that in a wee while, but I, I, I'd like to start with, you mentioned Marie. that's where you grew up, that's where you're from, what sort of a town is it? Is it musical? Is it cultural? Or, or what, was, what was growing up there like for someone like you who's into the arts?
4: Yeah, Ennis was, it was brilliant for me, I have to say. Um, So there, you know, it's full of, uh, Claire generally is full of trad music, um, but I was never into trad music when I was young. So that really had nothing to do with me until I was a little bit older. But there was some great people teaching music in Ennis when I was growing up. So one of them was Carmel Griffin, she's a piano player, (coughs) piano teacher, and um, she's a brilliant choir master as well um, and she set up a school of music in Ennis just I think not long before we started going there um and we I began learning the piano and the violin in in there and then that school closed a few after a few years and uh, another school of music opened and Andrew Robinson who's Mary Robinson's uh, brother-in-law okay. um, was the head of that. And okay. he brought in teachers from all over, it seemed, seemed to me to be all over the world. This is when I was in my teens um, and they set up a school of music. And that was when, like he set up orchestras, no more than the of here, you know, yeah. orchestras and choirs. And okay. I spent every day after school in doing something right. like violin lesson, piano lesson, choir, you know, okay. quartets, everything. So it was really great, a great place for me personally yeah. to... To, to learn music okay. in that sense. And then, and then when I was older um, and switched to trad, there was just any amount of trad sessions in then and, and still is. So it's, okay. it's yeah, it's full of music. Brilliant. Um, are your family musical or where does it come from for you? Yeah, my family would be. So my, um, my granny is Crehan um, and Junior Crehan would be a really well known, um, older fiddle player. Um, uh, so there'd be trad music on my mother's side my mother's a lovely singer as well and then my dad is um, he's a real natural musician like he, he was never taught anything but he can twinkle out on several instruments okay. uh, like he has there's a banjo somewhere in the house there's a piano accordion there's a <laughs>
2: hey, <Luke>. hey now <laughs> hold on now I'll not have it said on my podcast thank you Did we get that facial expression there, <laughs> <laughs> <It's tough>.
4: there <laughs> there's uh, a piano no, piano and guitar. Guitar is supposed to be the one he'd twinkle on the most, but um, and he sings as well. So there, okay. we would have always had um, there would have always been music in our house. Like, um, my mother would always say that she'd come out, um, when I was four or five. It's totally <laughs> embarrassing now, but I there was a record player in my house, and uh, she'd they'd come out and find me like you're up to the to wherever the music came out of so the record player um, listening to albums of Mary Black <laughs> really oh wow yeah, yeah when well, I was younger you're, you're,
0: you're nearly as bad as Luke Marie what
4: at was the age of,
0: at the age of three we found out Luke would be standing in front of the telly in front of Foster and Alan <laughs> with a massive accordion trying to pick out trying to pick out their tunes uh, oh
3: brilliant
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you're a wee bit older
3: than he was but still that, that's a sign isn't it that's a yeah, real indication yeah, yeah. that yeah
0: it was in you from a young age. Yeah, I loved it.
4: Loved it. Oh, I, always sang harmo- I was always singing harmonies. Like it always came more naturally to me than singing melodies. I think it was probably from laying down beside that record player yes. trying to sing along with us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but it,
0: like, am I right that it wasn't always, like obviously, okay, the job you do now is connected with music, but it's, you're not a professional musician as such. No. But there's loads of music in you. But even before you got into, say, the arts world, working in theatres, you 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 were you did a degree in architecture. Is that correct? I did, yeah, yeah. 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 So you were looking at another direction for, for a I
4: while. I was, I was, but my heart was in music. Like I just wasn't brave enough. Like that's the honest truth of it. I really, really, I wanted to do music. I went around and did the entrance exams into all the music colleges and got all the places and and up until the very last minute and the CAO, I really. I really wanted to do music, but I just wasn't. I came from a household with two two teachers, like with solid income, and that you know it was sort of in, ingrained in me. Solid, you need your solid income. Mm. Um, not not that my folks were turning me either way, but it was just I think the idea. I just wasn't brave enough to go for music. Okay. Um, I also didn't want to be a teacher, so it was like, oh God, you're 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 cutting off half your potential income if you if you don't want to do that. So I went with architecture instead. Um, and it was great and it really stood to me, but oh, I was the last person who should have been doing architecture. Like <laughs> I always think about it now. Like I go into a new building, like a, a hotel or something and I go to use the toilets and I come out and I have no idea what direction <laughs> I came from. <laughs> like,
3: that is a sign. <laughs> <Yeah. That laughs> you probably there is, was. Really, yeah. <laughs> <Probably>
4: <laughs> <is>. <laughs> she shouldn't be an architect.
0: <laughs> but you're, you're, you're a designer as well. Like as in, you you have great. You I love have, crafts. You love, I love craft. crafts exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so that's in you too. So I can see why you may be taught of Absolutely. architecture. Absolutely,
4: yeah, yeah. I loved maths. I loved I loved art. I loved design. Um and and those things all added up to architecture in my head at least. Right. So and I did. I enjoyed architecture. It was just it was just a very broad degree for me. Um. I think I would have. I would have preferred something that was just a little bit more specific
0: okay and so when we say design as in I hear you're the lady to go to if if you want a a headpiece for a wedding for example (laughs) or if you want some jewellery I was
4: at one point in time (laughs) not anymore Um, a lady full of
0: talents here
4: (laughs) I started making jewellery in my 20s and I used to go up and do the RDS craft fairs um, for a few years They were brilliant like proper
1: jewellery not just like like the beads and a string like Craft pack that you can buy in, like you were crafting proper jewelry. Like, well,
4: it wasn't silver or gold, but, but it was sort of made out of recycled materials. I used I'll to make these like butterfly necklaces and flower necklaces. I used to have a little card, I'll, I'll throw it to you someday.
2: Class. You nearly reversed yourself into a tight corner there. What were you going to do if she turned around and said, No, actually, I did make the, the beads and things? I'd say, That's
1: not making jewelry, That's us bad.
4: So yeah, I did the jewellery for a while and then I did a hat-making course. Actually, I think it was in Westport. Um, and then I made some hats for a few years after that. Now, I never did that. I only did that for friends and family. Like, they yeah. paid me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still, but, uh, it's, it's, it's that creative amazing. idea coming out, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love crafts, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So then how did the theatre side of things come about? I know you worked in, in Glor in Ennis before mm-hmm. you came here. So and were, I, you, were you anywhere before that or?
4: No, I wasn't. I So I ended up moving. I was in Dublin and I did a, a master's in music technology and I moved to Ennis to do, because I really loved trad Music and I really always had this thing in my heart that I wanted to give music a, a, a bit of time. Okay. So, so
0: once architecture was finished, you sort of, you you you'd, you'd got a bit braver. And you said right I'm going to I'm going to try this now. Was that what happened?
4: Yeah, I'll so, give yeah. it a year. Like, yeah. I I am not brave enough to give it 4 years but I'll give it a year. Yeah, yeah. Um but I also wanted to sort of immerse myself in trad music. So I did the masters in trad music in UL and that that took me from Dublin back down to Ennis and I went I I travelled in and out um uh, in in and out of Venice and while I was there I started working in Glore, Um as I worked in the bar I think first of all and, and the reason why I've told you about all those little things was they all sort of added up so so the degree in music technology it, when I was in Glor I was always begging the tech manager to give me a go or you know let me give a hand or whatever and then he brought me in when Two were setting up um, for their first gig back together oh, he wow. brought me in and let me roll suddenly <laughs> oh, yeah. What a big, resp- big responsibility.
2: Because, <laughs> you know, I've often heard that if planks, these leads aren't rolled properly, the guys get very cranky. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah,
4: they'd have never been able to do that gig without no, me. No, no.
0: It reminds me of when I first met my father-in-law, Sinead's dad, who's a cattle dealer. And the first time I, I ended up meeting him was on on a farm, mm. you know, he was, he was with us with some cows down in a field in, in County Westmead somewhere. And I wouldn't be from a farming background and might not know too much about it. So he says to me, Karen, you can hold the gate.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. That was oh, my job oh for the God. day. <laughs> he had you, Sus. He me Sus, right away. Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: So yeah, so I started in, so yeah, in Gloria, so I started in the bar and then I did a bit of marketing at some point and then Begging the tech manager to go in and and do a bit in there. So he let me in eventually. and and then he he ended up leaving the position. and 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 it was summertime and um and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was acting tech manager, um, along with another guy who'd been working there. And I knew nothing. Like, I knew nothing about theatre, I knew nothing about lights. And I just learned on the job. Like, it was just a summer of, like, being really nice to everybody who yeah. <laughs> came in and going, I don't know that much, but I learned. And and learned enough everyone who came in and everyone was really lovely. Like, all the techies who came were lovely. And, and I just learned my way. Um, around sound desks and lightness desks and, and it was do you know what it was a brilliant way to learn it as well like yeah. fantastic way um, and so I was tech manager there for from 2004 to 2011 and then in the last few years I also took over the pro- programming of Tread at the venue
0: okay right. so
4: that was my time
0: okay and then the job came up here
4: the job came up here I had applied for um, I wanted to I was itching to just do more and get my hands on like on a theatre mm. um, or on a venue, mm. and I, uh, I remember I was only saying to John G yesterday. I remember applying for the Sage Gate set in um, in Newcastle. It's yeah. this huge, huge, massive um, theatre over there, and I was so gutted when they didn't bring me. For <laughs> yeah. <champion>.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> no experience. Don't know anybody in that country. Yeah, <laughs> it's like crazy thoughts. But um, I applied for here, and um, yeah, I remember coming up and. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, I think, was on when I was doing my interview because it was lost. It was everywhere. The Beauty and the Beast posters were everywhere. Um, And again, I wasn't brave enough to come into the theater at that stage, but uh, but Janja was. All right, (laughs) Janja came in, and picked up a few brochures, and um, yeah, and then they offered me the job, and up I came.
0: Okay, and what, like, if if this isn't um, confidential, like, what legend made the decision to hire you? (laughs) <laughs> and brought you to the Hawkswell. in fairness because <laughs> whoever did we, we have didn't. a lot to thank them for <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure.
4: oh god that interview so there was three people on the interview board Um Etna Hand was one of them okay. uh, Fergal McGrath who runs the town hall in Galway and John Breen who's a theatre um, a theatre artist and Oh God! It was really hard. The interview was really hard. Fergus McGrath. It was like as if they had gone. You be Simon Cowell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just awful. Like everything I said, he would go. Oh, that's not how I would do it. And I was like, Oh God. <laughs> oh, no why don't you interview for it (laughs) then? And you know what? He's ended up being a friend of mine. He's the loveliest man. loveliest man. But um, that's my, now he mightn't have been quite that bad, but in my head, that's how how it was. Um, And yeah, so they gave me the job. Wow. Okay. Brilliant.
0: Well, fair play to them. Um, And so like, I'm trying to remember my first memory of you here. I I do remember, so you came here in April, 2011, is that right? Ten years ago to the month. I think I remember around the end of June 2011 and uh, you gave me a shout in rela- in regards to Anything Goes, the band I was playing with at the okay. time. And you were organising a, a weekend, a, a celebratory weekend for yeah. for drama.
3: Yeah, for, yeah. S-
0: for sort of drama societies in Sligo and you were yeah. bringing them all in yeah. together for a, a weekend of celebration. They were all doing a show each and then there was yeah. a night afterwards. Yeah, You asked us to play for the night yeah, um, as the band and I just remember feeling wow, this is great you know bringing all these societies together mm. was a you know it was a, a a great way to start I think you know by by, by, by uniting people by bringing yeah. them together and yeah. that, that was my first time dealing with you I think
4: that would have been 2012 because oh, was it? that yeah that was that was a year later because that was our birthday celebration. I'm pretty ah, sure okay. that was 30th the 30th birthday, birthday celebration. That, right was yeah. 20, that was the summer of 2012. So we had <coughs> decided to um, when Maeve, Maeve um, McGowan, the marketing manager, she she wasn't here when I started. Like uh, we made that we created a position of marketing manager, and she had made this gorgeous exhibition for the 30th birthday, which showcased the history of the Hawkswell. And 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 by doing that work, it just it was a Brilliant way to start because it gave us us like the history. Like I had no, I had no idea of the history of the Hawkswell, not being from here, and so the local groups like it was so key to the success and to the creation of the place. So it, it was just obvious that we had to celebrate them in the in the birthday year, and that's that's when that okay. occasion came. So maybe to that be. wasn't
0: the first time I, I I chatted to you, but it's certainly one of the first memories. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, And it was bringing people together, which was brilliant. Yeah. What What are your memories of those early days here? <clears throat> um. You hardly were home, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> you spent half your life here, if not more.
4: Well, it's funny because I had nowhere to live. Like, that was my main thing. <laughs> I remember so leaving...
3: So there was a
1: the bed in the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The chairs were surprisingly comfortable yeah. to sleep on.
4: <laughs> I remember leaving Ennis and bawling my head off most of the way up. Just like, oh God, what am I doing? Because I know where to live. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the upheaval of a new job and a new life. Um, so I'm... I remember staying in like a B and B maybe for a couple of days and then found found a house to live in and then I was a bit more settled. But I remember my main memory of the front part of it was was coloured chairs oh jeepers coloured <laughs> chairs like the
0: designer in you is, is cringing at this like mm-hmm.
4: l- yeah yeah it was like it was all yellow yellow, blue they were all different colours the, the chairs in the foyer I was like I had some black paint did you no. kick open
1: the door and go we're
4: changing that
1: <laughs> no I didn't of i arrived lads we're changing them
3: chairs
4: of course I didn't but that was my memory of out there and I remember there being not very much staff um, it was very lean like there, there only mm-hmm. seemed to be a few people Around the place, um, and they were all really lovely, um, <clears throat> but there was very few of them, um, and and there was and there wasn't much in the diary either. Um, <clears throat> it was summer, you know. It was leading into summertime, so that wouldn't have been um, unusual, I suppose, in 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 theatres. Mm around the country. But it was a brilliant way for me because it meant I could just bring like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I could just bring a new programme to it rather than have to wait until, you know, wait a year or so to to yeah. sort of bring yeah. my, my, whatever I wanted to bring to it. And so I remember the first gig that, that I think, like there had been a bit of a programme in place, but the first gig that I brought um, was the Tim O'Brien band. Right. Um, uh, and that, like, it was nearly a full... Auditorium, you know, in a in a Sunday night in August for that gig, and it felt like like there was loads of musicians in the audience, and I remember that that feel felt like there'd obviously been other gigs, you know, between April and August, but that felt like sort of. My um, baptism, or whatever, you know, debut, yeah.
0: (laughs) And Tim has been back a fair few times since
4: he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim and and Artie, yeah, sort of sad now because Artie's no longer with us, but um, yeah, Tim, Tim has been back loads,
0: yeah, okay. Well, that's okay, so I can see right if you're if you bring someone and you see it's hitting home with. The people in the, in this mm. town that you know nothing about, mm. then you're feeling, okay, we're on the right track here. Oh yeah
4: yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: you must have been on cloud nine, it must have been like,
1: yes, that must have been the feeling like, I can definitely do this.
4: Oh, it was brilliant, it was brilliant because I knew the theatre was massive, like, and I don't have a theatre background, so that was a bit, like, I was a bit scared of that, I suppose, you know, because it's not my area, and Trad is my area, so it was sure. like, yes, I can do Trad here, <laughs> this is brilliant.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was great. Um, but, but, I remember remember When, when, just reminded me, when I was doing the interview, we came up, we stayed in the glass house and, and we went to a session in Furies that, um, I own Troy was there. I, maybe Jerry Grennan was there. It was like this big sort of, um, I don't know, everyone just bailed in. Cathy, Cathy the was Paul, there. Paul, who runs panelists
2: now, might have been uh, he's probably running it was, Furies yeah, at the time. Yeah. So they all, yeah. all those people would have been in there regularly. It was
4: fabulous. Like, it was like a, it was like a little mini transatlantic sessions going on in, in, in a, in the small pub in Sligo. So I suppose I had known that there, there was, and I knew Jarvis was here. I knew there was, I knew there was plenty of music in Sligo coming up here anyway. So. so you know it's
2: what because um, you said a minute ago that you knew theatre was big here. Yeah. And I've been in here as long as I can remember as a theatre. Mm. And and I, I could be wrong and, and it could be, you know, just that I I'm not really old enough to remember, but my perception of you coming here would be that you made this theater accessible to musicians and, and the musicians of the town.
4: Mm.
2: I remember having programs and, and and stuff from here before, and it'd be like musical and the like Sligo Drama Circle, and it'd be a lot of theater, which is great because it is it's theatre.
4: Yeah.
2: But I think you know you talk about the musicians coming into the Tim O'Brien gig and stuff. I think a lot of what you did made the musicians of the town look at this as a building that is now accessible to them which Mm -hmm. I think is a fantastic thing.
4: Well I suppose I came from Glore Irish Music Centre which started off being all about Irish music and became a general arts centre because it needed to become a general arts centre because you know, it was a 500 seat theatre in a town that had trads in every pub, you yeah, know. So how, sure. who, how were they going to fill it? And and I, it very much, like that was the theatre that I, or the art centre art that I grew up in as yeah, such. Yeah. So uh, all I knew was that these centres did everything. They did music, they did dance, they did comedy. You know, it, it was, it, it, it never even occurred to me actually to, that maybe maybe I shouldn't bring music in here. And, and I'm not sorry. Obviously, I'm not sorry, but when you look at the programmes from way, way back, like from the early days, like the concert orchestras was com- were coming here, there was always music here. Like yeah. there's, there's, Christy Moore was here that, you know, if you look back at the archives, it, like it was, it always had music, like way, way back in the beginning. So it should, it should. I mean, yeah, there's like absolutely. people, people want to see it, don't they? You know, I think, I think it should have something for everybody. You know, mm. that's the whole thing. Like if, if you could touch everybody, like... That's what you constantly strive to do, isn't it? You know, so
0: yeah,
3: and okay. I
4: haven't achieved that, but um, well, you've we'll gone keep a trying. long way towards yeah, you're, it. You're for not for sure. a million miles from it, uh-huh. yeah,
0: yeah. You mentioned earlier, and this I remember this clearly, um, about Glore the Glore job coming back up because you're obviously an Ennis woman and. I got to know you quite well because we worked together on loads of stuff here between, you know, Anything Goes, as I said, and the Hawkswell, asked, you you guys asked me to write a tune in possibly 2012, 2013, and it was the first piece of music I ever wrote. And that started me off on that track, which has been amazing, you know. Um, but then there was also the team nights and uh, it was your idea to bring them here and to expand them to, to the sort of level where they are now. You know, I think you'd seen them in Source and you'd seen them in in the velvet rooms and he rang me one day and he said, well, why don't you bring them here and we can maybe involve Neve's orchestra and get a choir, you know, and and all of a sudden it was from maybe 10 to 12 people on stage at a time to 50 or 60 people on stage at a time. And, you know, we haven't really looked back since then, but you know, that was your idea to bring them here. And so once that started, we were working together on team nights two or three times a year. So. It was great. We got to know each other well. And, and I, I'm not, I don't think I heard it from you, but I, I, I remember reading because it was really tragic. The director of Glore, she was a young, a, a young woman with a young family and she just passed away, you know, with yeah. the drop of a hat really suddenly.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was really sad. She had had triplets. Um, I can't remember what age they were. Although I remember at the funeral, they were bringing them in in those carry tots. So they must have been oh like, God. I think they were maybe only three or four months or something. Yeah. And she just passed away. And I, I actually don't know what what it was. It, it seemed at the time like maybe a sudden adult or adult death syndrome or something like that. Yeah. But um, it was sudden. It was sudden. And it was, oh, it was so tragic. like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she was really lovely. Like Gemma was, She was, Gemma Carcetera was her name. She was just really, do you know those happy people who are just like, you just meet them and you just like have a beaming face. Like she, she just was a really lovely, lovely lady. Um, actually afterwards, I remember hearing she lives in Mount Shannon uh, or lived in Mount Shannon and apparently the whole community there set up a, a roster. Like, like the kids are been raised by the village as such, you oh, know, they wow. set up a roster of, 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 wow. and the, yeah, unbelievable. Like just okay. the type of thing you'd really only get in a small rural community, you know, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. tragic.
0: Anyway, I remember reading about that and obviously being struck by the, the sadness of what had happened, but also somewhere in my head being aware of, okay, the, mm. the, the, directorship of Glore is now open mm. and, uh, this is something that Marie probably wants to do. And I don't want her to go. And I remember we <laughs> yeah. were talking to Neve about it and Shane and <laughs> a few News others yeah. and, yeah. and running around the
3: town. No, 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 no. Buying, no, no, no buying every over newspaper, <laughs> them in. a f- huge pirate. are you that. We're working here at Michael scissors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I remember all this. And I remember we were, we were having a chat one day. I think we went for coffee after one of the team nights to discuss it. And I sort of. I had this in my head and I, and I but I, I didn't feel I could say like, you know, it was obviously a, your thing, your decision. And I, you know, despite me and all the musicians and probably lots of other people in the town wishing and hoping you'd stay, I didn't feel that I could say it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt right, this is Marie's decision, she has to make it. Um, but being so relieved then when I heard that you hadn't gone for it.
4: Mm-hmm. What,
0: what was that like for you?
4: Do you know, it was really hard. It was like it was like one of those moments where your heart and your head are in two different places and you're like, What'll I do? But I ended up actually I actually talking to um, do you know the, spe- the Specs? Oh, yeah. That gang. Um, yeah. One of the guys in that um, really Sorry, just for our me. listeners,
0: the Specs are four lads from Clare who come and reg- I've been here with my own children, they come and do a children's music show and they tour mm-hmm. the country with they it. They mix They're great.
4: Uh, trad music and nursery rhymes. They're yeah, great. it's very good. Um, and one of them, um, I'd be quite friendly with Paul, the the guy who sort of runs them, and he, he, I was chatting to him about it and he was saying, one of the other guys, is a really good guy to talk through your thoughts with. And I remember having a big, I had to I had to have a big long conversation with him on the phone um, to just get my, to try and figure it out. And for an end, it just felt like my work here wasn't done. Um, I suppose it's partly to do with the renovation. The renovation work had sort of started and at that stage, God, what year was that? Might have been 2015 or 16. Hmm. And and it looked like the renovation would be done maybe by 2018 or 19 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah
0: well the new chairs are in as we sit here and they look great and there's there's lots of good stuff happening but it's not quite finished yet
4: <laughs> yeah so so i didn't regret it you know I, like i'm i i definitely made the right decision like i haven't ever regretted not going for it at that stage um okay yeah
0: Okay, so but it was a, it was a tricky moment. I did for so you.
4: earlier. My heart is in and the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, we
0: going to delete that bit from the show in case all the musicians <laughs> get complications out. around the place.
4: <laughs>
0: ah no, Marie, it's 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 great to have you here. And I, I guess I, I do want to talk about the the renovations um, uh, before we finish. But just going back to your music, right? Because okay, as I said earlier, you're you're probably not known here primarily for being a musician, but but it, it's a huge part of you and, and I'm only getting to know it the more I, you know, the last few years, you know, the first seven or eight years of you being here, you know, you would have played violin on a few teen nights, but but in terms of like, that, okay, that's reading music from a sheet and playing it, which is one one type of skill that you have to have to be to be a certain type of musician, which is fine. But the more I've got to know you, the more it's clear that there's there's music in you, you know, that it's not just reading notes off a sheet. It's, you know, as you said earlier, you can harmonize instinctively, you can arrange, you, you, you play by ear, you, you know, you just, you understand it. And you're one of these people who understands music and, and gets it, which I wasn't aware of for a long, long time. Um, and so just, uh, can you tell us a bit about that and where that came from? So you were, you said earlier you were classically trained. So that, does, that sort of stuff doesn't come from being classically trained
4: no um god I don't I don't I don't know how to answer this question only, only I suppose there's an instinctive thing in me I, um there's there's just always been an instinctive like as I said singing harmonies or you know like tunes and melodies and and harmonies like it's just always gone around my head always um like I'll never write in an arts council application without loads of music on behind me, you know, it's just constantly, constantly on the go. Um, and luckily enough, I married somebody who's the same, like it's just, so, so it's just constantly there. Um, um, I thought, I don't know how to to answer that. What about
0: then if we, if we explore your trad, the trad music side Mm -hmm. of things, because Mm -hmm. trad musicians usually have great ears and they, mm, they pick stuff mm, up like mm, that it's the way they work mm, and so you sort of switched at some point in your life from being playing more classical music to playing more trad more music trad, yeah. how yeah. did that happen or, or how did that transition happen <coughs> so
4: that came from I suppose just to say I learned piano which I think is the greatest basis of learning music that you can do like I really think if I hadn't learned piano I might not be I might not be like the music... The musician I am today, and that makes it sound like I'm a really great musician. I'm not, but you know, it might it might have the music. Um, Understand the piano, I the
2: keys, the layout. It, it really helps you visualize how notes fit together. It versus does. like on a guitar or something else, absolutely. there's a very clear pattern that yeah. all the notes fit together. Yeah,
4: yeah, absolutely. And and I think you would never get that. Like my learn my learning and my training on the violin, I would never get that. Yes. Not I hope. So that's the first thing to say. And then I suppose then my transition into triads was um so. I I had said earlier that I wasn't a major fan of trad. Um, mm. I used to call it diddly eye. Um, <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> <that> <laughs> all diddly eye stuff. <laughs> wasn't a fan. It, it, you know, I I actually didn't understand it. It all sounded the same to me, you know. Um, and then one summer time, uh, that guy, Andrew Robinson, who I'd mentioned earlier, was running the music school. Mm. He contacted me and asked me, would I be part of a sort of a small—I um, think it was three, three or four of us, like uh, from the music school, who would play classical back in with some trad musicians. So I didn't know what I was saying yes to, but I said yes, and it ended up being this most magical experience. Um, there was a festival in Flagmount. Uh, it was in a marquee beside a lake. It was roast and hot weather. It was like we were in Spain. I was like. And maybe I remember this all with like amazingly roasted glasses, yeah, yeah. but that isn't is yeah, like yeah. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to do my beautiful classical music with these trad musicians, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it ended up being Liam Flynn was the main musician, and Artie McLean was playing and Nollaig Casey, and we we played lots of um, Sean Davies um, arrangements of of trad pieces, and I just fell in love with it. It was just. It was just the most moving experience I've ever had. And that was literally the, the thing that made me go, oh, totally aye, not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so then I've since then uh, struggled to try and uh, convert. And it's, you know, sometimes I wish I had just picked up a different instrument because like in classical, it's just complete, it's like learning to walk backwards, I suppose, the difference between classical and trad. Um, but I'll stick at us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll stick at us. And you know, like Trad has like what Trad brought me uh was something that classical hadn't, which was just I suppose friend you're friends everywhere when you play music, especially Trad music. Um so yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really like it's I've met some of the most fabulous people through music.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, you have the, you have the fiddle with you today, Marie. Um, so we might, we might play something. Do you want to just introduce what we're going to play?
4: Yeah. So it's called The Winter's End and it was one of the pieces that we played that night actually in Flegmont. Um, it's a slow air. Uh, it was arranged by Sean Davy. I think he might have written this as well. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I think he might have written
0: this. Okay. So, so this is The Winter's End um, with Marie on fiddle, with Luke on the guitar and with myself on the piano. Lovely, Marie. Thanks a million for that. Uh, so just before we finish, can you, uh, as I say, the, n- the new seats are here in the theatre. Um, can you just tell us a bit about your plans for the place? You say your work here is not done. It's an exciting time. Um, there's renovation plans and I'm sure you have lots of other stuff happening. I, I know if there's, you're working on plans for the future in lots of different directions. Can you just tell us a bit about what's, what's in store for the Hawkswell over the next little while?
4: Yeah, sure. So, um, I suppose we started this landmark renovation a long time ago at this stage. Um, it feels like years. It is years. <laughs> <laughs> it is years and years. We got, um, uh, told us the good news that we had access to a grant in, I think it was 2017, early 2017. And um, we've been delayed by many things, legal, legal matters. Uh, pandemics <laughs> all sorts of things just I'm the delayed. roll of
3: the metal stuff yeah
4: <laughs> exactly but, um, but we're moving we've appointed architects um, uh, we've got new seats in so basically sorry to just backtrack a little bit the, the renovation started because um, because of the access you know there's this sort of strange up a few steps do nothing and down into the, into the fo- to get into the theatre which of course means that people in with um, uh, mobility issues have to come in around the back of the building and it's just it's not, not, not on in this day and age. So that's where it all started from was to improve the accessibility. So we should hopefully at some point in the next couple of years um, have a, a whole new foyer. A whole new foyer with a whole new entrance sequence um, and, and, and hopefully extend it out a little bit as well because it can be quite tight out there with 340 people hopefully we're going to get to 340 people at some point yes, <laughs> in indeed. the next yeah. few years oh, um so th- yeah that's th- that's the plan I mean we we continue to I suppose we've moved over the years to produce lots of our own work and I think it excites everybody who works here um uh, and Not it just brings people wor-
1: that work here and
4: it brings work I, I yeah.
1: can't wait to see it I'm excited by it like mm-hmm. even when I hear everyone talking about it, new seats and stuff when you spend a lot of time in here when people start talking about renovations like that, I, I, I have no idea what's happening. But yeah, they go, I can't wait to see what they're doing. Can't
4: yeah, wait to see what yeah, Rory's doing yeah. or whatever. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it will, it it will be amazing. I suppose uh, you're always a little bit afraid. Like I've grown to love. Like I came from Glor, which had like double height space. It was like an architectural l- design winning uh, building, um, and it was beautiful. Did you find your way back from the toilets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was there for seven years. I found it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when,
2: you, uh, when you. F- Finish renovating the foyer. You can put little signs on the ground, <laughs> a little map to follow. <laughs> follow the green line. Brings uh, me back to the office. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose over the years with the Hawkswell, I've grown to love the homeliness of it. You know, like nobody feels. Everyone feels like comfortable in the Hawkswell, and I hope like that would be my one little fear that you would lose a little bit of that. Um, but uh, we'll work hard to okay. to not for that not to I'm happen. Sure you will.
0: And in terms of the work you're producing. Um I know constance was was brilliant a couple just before the pandemic hit yeah. that was that was
4: there's there's do you know what actually because of because of the way we're working now since the pandemic has hit there's loads of projects on the go at the moment uh, miriam Needham is is developing a new theater piece um uh Stephen Doherty and Kelly Hughes are working on a new piece um a sort of a companion piece to Constance called okay. ava right. and um there's loads of its a hand is working on a piece there's like there's been there's lots of things happening um probably unbeknownst to people even. Brilliant. Um so it's yeah, it's great. It's been it's been the like the pandemic has been awful for the for the arts and, and hopefully it'll you know the, the audiences will be able to come back soon but but it's been lovely to be able to focus just on your locality and just on your local your local community. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, and be able to pour all the all as much as you can towards them. Um and hopefully we'll be able to continue to do that in the years just, to come. Uh,
2: yeah, on that note, but on a personal note for me as well, um, just to say thank you. I know you're on maternity leave now, but you were here for quite a lot of the pandemic last year and everything. But thank you to you and and everyone here at the Hawkswell for the opportunities and, and work that you continue to give to a lot of people who would otherwise be out of work. Mm-hmm. And even just the fact that, you know, you're facilitating us Hawkswell is facilitating us here mm-hmm. today to do this. It's it it's allowed so many people to do things and keep doing things that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. And it's it's there's opportunities there for for local professionals and, and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. and like, personally for me, that's really appreciated and I'm sure there's a lot of others who would say the same thing as well.
4: Well, I think, I think it's what we should be doing. Like, I think there's an onus on us to do that. Like, it's, you know, like, why why would a stage be sitting here empty when something like this could be being created on it? Do you know what I mean? Um, and, like, I'm desperate. I'm always, I, I'm... I give myself a hard time, like no more than I, you know. As in, I, I, I just always feel guilty that we haven't. There are people out there in this community we haven't given work to. You know, I mean, you would love to be able to just like give that bit of work to everybody, but it's probably know. not possible. It's not despite possible, despite your best efforts. <laughs> yeah, not so, possible. Um, but
0: look, yeah, that that that's great, Marie. Um, mm. Thanks for thanks for coming in this morning, um, and look. Thanks for everything, uh, as Luke said, over the last ten years, and we won't uh, we won't ask you to commit to ten more <laughs> right here, right now. But, but look, it's, it's, I know. I no, speakin- we want a firm commitment. Yeah, I know. I want it
4: right right now.
0: I know. Speaking for for, for for a lot of people in Sligo, um, they're so grateful and so appreciative of everything you've done here. So,
4: oh, well, uh, that, well I have to add like. It is. I might sit here as the face of the Hawks. Well, sometimes there's a whole team and they are fantastic, like Absolutely. in here. So yeah. it's not. It never is just one person. Yeah. It's it's every. It's everybody. You yeah. know. Well, it's it's well, no well, more well, than it's not. You know. We're only we're only sort of custodians for a little while of this this place. This place is bigger than us. you know? Yeah. So Ronnie Ronnie minds us for a while uh, well, for your yeah. <laughs> team
0: uh, on, on, on behalf of us here and probably plenty of other people. Thanks, Marie. <laughs>
2: Do we want to go for something that has singing on it, or something that's a tune? Singing has to be oh, singing. singing. Shite.
3: People love music, and music is as a universal language.
1: Hey, well, that was the biggest song in our school at one point. Grab Neely, I said Neely. When Johnny Cash walks out that door, I'm going to get up beside him like that.
2: Ah, oh, man, that's a blast from the past. Oh, but
4: if there's one person who
0: can steal the limelight from the bride at her own wedding, <laughs> I
2: intend
3: to be that person. <laughs>
2: yes, look, I didn't expect to cut my feet. I mean, to be fair as well, I mean, why would anyone expect to cut their feet walking barefoot up a mountain? Dan, can you tell us what is a handpan? Was, um,
1: that's very impressive, Kieran. Thanks very much for the work Yes, turn it off.
2: What is your, your favourite type of embroidery? The style of the um, Cambodian one-eyed cross-stitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dan told me.
0: <it laughs> Sorry, sorry, don't to don't me here. It's, it's just hugely important to me. I think it was a nice thing that happened by total accident. It
4: is, what about you and that handsome lamplighter?
0: So that was Marie. And if it's not yet clear how special she is to the people of Sligo, we approached a few friends of the podcast to pay tribute to her, starting with acting director of the Hawkswell Theatre,
4: Maeve McGowan. Marie, I can't believe it's been 10 years since you joined the Hawkeswell Theatre. How lucky we are in Sligo that you came to us 10 years ago. Um, I've been fortunate to work with you for most of those 10 years and it's been an absolute pleasure. You've done an amazing job at the theatre. We've built such a wonderful team around us and had brilliant nights and loads and loads of great performances and hopefully lots more to come too. Congratulations, and on behalf of everyone at the theatre, I just want to say um, we're missing you and we're really looking forward to having you back with us soon. And in the meantime, enjoy your time with Keola and John Joe.
0: This is current board member Des Power.
4: A couple
1: of years ago, Michael Keegan dolan toured his amazing production of Loch Nahalla. He took it to the Sydney Opera House, to the Brooklyn Academy of Music. To Sadler's Well and Covent Garden, and of course to the Hawkswell Theatre in Sligo, the Big Four—an incredible example of the ambition with which Marie leads the Hawkswell Theatre organisation. Well done, Marie, you're incredible. I'm even more excited for the next ten years in our newly renovated Hawkswell.
0: Thank you. Former board member and current member of Sligo County Council, Sinead McGuire.
2: I've had the pleasure of sharing the stage with uh, Marie during Kieran's shows and she's a really great
0: fiddle player. Um, I've watched her do sound for shows, I watched her um, do stage management on shows. She really lends every aspect of herself to every aspect of the theatre. And then as a board member I got to see the other side of Marie and her acumen and what she brings to the development of the board and of the Hawkesville Theatre. We're soon going to see the redevelopment of the theatre under her stewardship. She's been a huge asset to the board, to the Hawkeswell and I believe to the community at large. She's taken away that FOMO from us of not getting to see those shows that only come to Dublin and has brought such an array from the spoken word to dance, to music, to drama, to our town. And I really look forward to what what she's going to do over the next 10 years. Thank you, Marie. Actor and theatre maker, Ciarán McCauley. I'd just like to congratulate Marie on your anniversary of
1: being in the Hawkswell and being in Sligo. We are so, so lucky to have you. Uh, You've always been such a powerhouse, so supportive of the creative arts within Sligo, in your role as director in the Hawkswell. and, of course, the doubling up of being the most excellent roadie and techie ever. Congratulations, Marie, and here's to another 10 to 20 years in Sligo.
0: Thanks a million for all your work. We asked Neil and Karen Gaynor to say a few words from an audience point of view. Hi, Neil and Karen Gaynor here,
2: wishing um, Marie congratulations on on 10 years in the Hawkswell. We're very regular attenders to the theatre, particularly for the musical events. And uh, there's been a lot of those during Marie's term and long may it continue.
4: Congratulations, Marie. We're delighted that you're in Sligo, we're so lucky to have you and we're looking forward to the new Hawkswell and many, many more great nights there. Congratulations on your 10 years. We'll see you soon.
0: All the best. Here is Calera Dramatic Society and pantomime stalwart Bobby Jones.
2: Marie has been a breath of fresh air since she came
1: to Sligo 10 years ago. And I'd like to thank Marie for all her work she has done
2: for the arts in Sligo Town. I find nothing is a problem when you approach Marie and I'd like to wish Marie continued success in many, many years ahead.
0: Composer Michael Rooney. Hi, Marie. Um, Massive congratulations to you. Uh, Ten years as as, as director of the Hawkswell, and still standing. Um, Thanks for the fantastic opportunities that you've afforded. Um, All of us here in Sligo, um, you're brilliant at what you do and uh, we really, really appreciate you. So thank you very much and enjoy. So ten years, well done. Actress and current board member, Nicola McEvely.
2: It's impossible to sum her up or describe her in a short amount of time. So here's a few words. Um, innovative, resourceful, generous, kind, hardworking, grey crack, brilliant musician, and um, definitely an honorary sligo woman. She's just done so much in the last 10 years for... Uh, Professional artists and for the community at large. And I don't think there's anyone in this town that doesn't have something to thank Marie for. So, um, freedom of Sligo, I think, is definitely on the cards. Um, Marie, thank you so much. I don't think we'll ever really be able to fully acknowledge the extent of all you've done for us. And you work hard. It doesn't just happen. So, thank you.
0: And finally, musician, Niamh Crowley, and actor and MC, Robbie Fitzpatrick.
2: It's fair to say that Marie has taken the Hawkswell when she arrived here with a scruff of the neck and has turned it into what it is today, a vibrant, enthusiastic uh, theatre that we are so proud of and that anybody anywhere in the country can say, "Wow, look at what they're doing down there. Well, my favourite thing about Marie is that when I'm doing um, any MC work there and whilst I'm talking to the audience, She's busy behind me. I look around and it's a whole new stage. So,
1: uh, Marie, thank you for being as good as you are. Um, We look forward to the 20th and the 30th and the 40th.
4: Marie, what can I say? Uh, You are just an absolute powerhouse. Uh, I will never forget you ringing me up and saying, what do you think? Would the orchestra like to come and play in the Hawkswell?" something that we hadn't even dreamed would be possible. Yet, it doesn't seem to matter to you how many people are involved,
1: how much work has to go into a production. You always make it happen. Your ideas are so wonderful. Uh, We've enjoyed so many fantastic nights there in the Hawkswell with you.
2: Um, And uh, it's not only the production element. I'd have to say, I just love when you're standing beside me, we get a chance to play together. Uh, We have so much fun.
4: You're such a wonderful musician. Uh, We just enjoy our time on the theme nights with Kieran, but more importantly than anything, I'm so privileged to say that Marie, you're such a great friend.
0: So, lads, do you remember the first time you met Marie, or have you a Marie O'Byrne memory from your time in the Hawkswell over the last few years? Luke, we'll put you first because Rory always jumps in ahead of you, and you're always giving out. You're always do it again. You were. I was going to say, and, yeah,
1: I do. <laughs> and I stopped you because Luke,
0: he's he's given out. But then when he when he gets called on first, he he either isn't listening to me, or he says or he says I I haven't thought of anything yet. So, uh, Luke, here's your big chance,
2: man. <clears throat> Sorry, I wasn't listening to you there, and I haven't thought of anything yet. <laughs> Uh, I do have I I remember the first time I met Marie there's nothing it's not a good story or anything I think the first time that I have a a conscious memory of meeting Marie was uh, the first time I was involved in in one of your team nights that the um, it was the Grand Old Opry night which would have been 14 would that be right team night 14 Yeah. team night 14 yeah for sure Um, I was in the choir for that and just by being around I, I met Marie, obviously. Um, I'd been away in college for, you know, four or five years before that, and I hadn't really been around. And if I had been in the theatre, it would have been for, we'll say, a fun company show or something like that. So Marie was around. Mm. But when you're in the theatre for something like that, like you, you engage with Nick, who's the theatre's tech manager, and and that kind of thing, you don't really see much of Marie on on, on those kind of shows so she was certainly there knocking around but the first time I actually met her was on one of your uh, team nights and I have absolutely nothing interesting to say about that (laughs) at all
0: (laughs) Well at least you know the audience they get a bit of an insight on on how the the backstage of the Hawkswell works during those shows I suppose But it
2: did strike me that uh, because you know over the course of being in there somebody pointed out to me who she was and that's what the director of the Hawkswell But like she was running around and and plugging in and out microphones and and stuff as well. So it was really cool to see that the person running the theatre had technical knowledge, technical background and was boots on the ground running around actually doing stuff, you know? Oh yeah. Because you you actually don't see that all that often. I've seen her washing dishes like in there. Yeah. You know, whatever needs to
0: be done, she's at it.
2: Yeah. Um, And that really, I think that contributes to the kind of the homeliness of the place and and the fact that you feel so welcome in there because you never ever go in there and feel like somebody is kind of lording over you or feels that they're in a position over you. It's just such a welcome and everybody who works there, it's a lovely team and it always feels like like going into a second home for me when I go in there. Great, yeah. Rory, have you anything more interesting than Luke?
1: Mine is actually the same because... (laughs) (laughs) Mine is the same in a sense that I would have met her properly for the first time at one of your shows for the very same reason as Luke's. I had been in the Hawkswell loads, but it was, you know, with various theatre companies. And as Luke said, Nick is the tech manager in there. So he would have been around more, uh, or at least we would have had uh, more relations with him when we were chatting about the show or whatever, but... Uh, The thing about Marie for me is it's more the way she carries herself when she does all them things. Like Marie, you get this feeling off her, I think, that you can just kind of trust what she says. Like I didn't, my first memory of Marie is not actually knowing at all that she was the director of the Hawkswell. Just knowing that she was Marie and she had something to do with the theme nights because Mm. she was carrying a piece of paper that had a set list on it and also on the other hand had a a mic stand or whatever
3: Mm, Um, mm, mm,
1: and uh, yeah it it is it's just that her attitude towards everything is perfect it's it's just whatever needs to be done just work as hard as 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 needs be and i have a i suppose where i'm leading with this i don't have a nice segue like like karen usually does but where i'm leading with it is that my favorite memory of marie came from that podcast I don't have a favourite one before it, but I have a favourite one from it. Oh, that'll do. And it was when she said that this Hawkswell is bigger than us and we're just minding it for a minute, or yeah, we're just minding it for the time being. When, she, when, when Marie said that, my, my heart exploded a bit. If that's, if that's genuinely how she feels, I have all the respect in the world for someone who understands... When she says the Hawkswell, I don't think she means the four walls of the Hawkswell. I think she means what the Hawkswell does and how it helps people in the arts to get their art in front of people mm. and how that's bigger than her. And at the minute, she's been given the opportunity to mind that space and she's doing one hell of a job of minding it. And that, that is my favourite memory, memory of ever so far, by far.
2: Mm. Lad, you're after making shite of my answer again there now <laughs> I'm getting sick of this I'm getting so sick of just being constantly outdone <laughs> Well, I think there needs to be a bit of. Uh,
1: you know, Luke, you're uh, you're good are better at the violin than Rory. You're you're good at the no, violin, man, compared to Rory.
2: No, you know, there needs to be some equal opportunity answers on this podcast. There needs to be some questions I oh, well, You go I first, only you get give to out. out. You go second, you give out. No, I don't know there needs to be know. some questions that only I get to answer, so I don't have to compete with him. <laughs> I want questions. I want I want ex- Luke exclusive questions. That's I, I want them. Right. Okay. Well. Look, <laughs> we'll, exclusive
1: questions. I like it. We'll
2: have yeah. a we'll have a discussion. Yeah, we'll have a vote. See how we go. <laughs>
0: um, to finish up, I'd like to mention again a, a favorite memory of Marie. A, a video I put up on my blog a couple of years ago. Uh, I actually included this blog article and video as one of our bonus features to our email subscribers this week, and I'm going to read from it now. So, does this video of Marie? Uh, in the middle of one of the theme nights. Um, I'll just describe what I wrote. So first you can see her dancing, just as the tune starts, right? The, The knees start to move. It was Stevie Wonder, another star. A great groove to the song and a big finale to the Stevie Wonder theme night. But Marie's eyes are always on the performer at the front of the stage, who was at this point Owen Troy, setting his guitar up. Marie then takes a little step forward while she's dancing, just to get a better view on things and immediately says, yes, there's something wrong. She puts her violin down. She's about to play the violin and she makes a short sprint to the centre of the stage. She susses out the issue. A quick wave to Vinnie Higgins on sound to make sure she's okay to correct it. She gets the all clear, does so, plugs in Owen's guitar, gets the sound sorted, quick dash back to her instrument, all done in the space of eight bars. And she's back just in time to play her first notes on the tune. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's brilliant. And as I say, if you really want to see that, um, it's too late to get the email because it went out this morning. But if you, wa- if you do want to see that video, go to kieranquinn.blog and search for Marie. Just put Marie in, M-A-R-I-E. And the relevant article is from September 14th, 2019. And if you don't want to miss next week's bonus content, which is available only to our email subscribers, go to lamplightpod.com forward slash subscribe and sign up. That's it, lads. Um, That is episode two of season two. Next week, we have Leon Mooney. Uh, Leon is such an honest performer. He always has been, but he's also such an honest speaker. Um, He spoke to us about Rackhouse Pilfer, the great days in the band and some, I guess, you know, the, 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 some, of the, some of the factors that led to the band splitting up. Uh, Leon spoke about some various personal struggles and achievements he has had over the last couple of years. And all in all, it was a really, really interesting time with Leon. Um, so we look forward to bringing you that one next week. But otherwise, unless I've forgotten something, lads, I think we're done. I think we are.
1: Concise as always, Kieran. Good job.
0: Yeah. Okay, thank you, Rory. Well, good luck to you all. Good luck. And see you next time. Good luck.
2: Goodbye. See you next week for Luke exclusive questions. Thanks very much, everybody. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Roll the music.